Hello, everyone, and welcome to Passionately Interested, a podcast where we discuss the things we're passionately interested in. I'm your spooky host, Curtis. And I'm your nerdy host, Nick. How you doing today, Nick? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm very excited about the the content of this one. I have some things to say. I'm very excited. <laughs> I mean, it should be an interesting one. I actually just watched it earlier today to make sure, you know, I had everything fresh in my mind. Oh, Nice. So for everyone listening, we're going to talk about uh, Pacific Rim today. It it should be an interesting one. Yeah, I mean it's a cool movie. I'll I'll preface it by saying I enjoy the movie. I don't dislike it. I have a lot of problems with it, but I think it's a cool movie. It's not like it's not mind blowing or like oh it's the greatest movie ever created. Blah blah blah. It's a cool, it's big robots fight big monsters, like, eh. Yeah, it's it's just a great fun, it's just a great fun time movie. It's just something you put on just out of the enjoyment factor. And, you know, just because we like the movie, it doesn't mean that, you know, we can't then later pick apart all of the plot holes and issues <laughs> with the movie. <laughs> Which is what we're about to do. Oh, oh yes. boy. So, uh, spoilers ahoy. If you haven't seen this eight-year-old movie, uh, yeah. either buckle in or I guess go watch it first and then come back and listen and see if you agree. <laughs> okay, so this might get a little bit debatey, and that's kind of what I'm hoping for because I, I, I think we have some ever so slightly differing opinions on some things, which that's would possible. be great. So I want to start out really quick with of the four Jaegers in the movie on the, the count of three. See. Yeah. 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 But the four that's, that are actually like in, in the movie, not just ones that they mention or anything like that. I want us on the count of three to both say our favorite Jaeger. Ready? I am ready. All right. Three, two, one. Cherno Alpha. Alpha. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. No, I am curious why you picked Cherno Alpha. I, so I, I like it that it's kind of got the, I mean, it's, it's a, so it, it's a Mark one. So it's like one of the first Jaegers that were made in the move, like in the movie universe. It was one of the mm-hmm. first ones. And it, like the first Jaegers were deployed in like 2015. And then the movie takes place in two, 2025. So I think, <laughs> Part of my fa- what makes it my favorite is like the cinematography of it, the 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 scene that really like hooked me in as that one being my favorite Jaeger is the scene where Crimson Typhoon and Cherno are in the ocean outside of Tokyo, and they're fighting the the one that spits acid and like is swimming through the water and stuff. Yeah. So Crimson grabs the is like tussling with the the kaiju and throws it backwards, and then in comes the super badass Russian music as uh, Cherno lets out its foghorn, <laughs> just charges in, and then like fist drop punches it right in the head, and then puts it in the headlock. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. It's just I don't. There's something about it. It's just the real basic look of it i've always enjoyed it's not like it's not super flashy like danger it doesn't have three arms because mm-hmm. why like it's just a very basic i'm gonna you know beat up giant monsters <laughs> yeah like i don't even think it had any ranged weapons it's literally like it had that power fist jackhammer punch which is yeah. dope like that's such a cool idea but this thing and here here's where we start to get into some of my issues Cherno Alpha is on the screen for all of, like, 90 seconds, I believe. Like, the entirety of the movie, it has about a minute and a half of screen time. And it doesn't make sense to me how fast Cherno Alpha and Crimson Typhoon go down. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. I, like, I watched the scene three or four times before we uh, recorded because that was really the the Mm -hmm. scene that I have the most issue with in the movie besides just some other stuff that we'll get into in a little bit but Cherno Alpha was made into it, it, like not not it was it was either made or it was uh put into use in 2015 and then it single-handedly staved off six kaiju attacks in northern Russia 
along the Pacific Rim solo. So it it went through combat for ten years, and then you can't. You're telling it, me it can't last a minute in combat? Yeah, it's not even that. It, it's not even a minute in combat. It's a minute assisted. Like right. It's, it, it's not just a one on one. It's not, and they're 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 like military units, but they don't fight with any sort of like strategy to it. It's just a whole bunch of people throwing haymakers, uh, oh, and yeah. then like. The absolute lack of any kind of strategy in the entire movie is very upsetting to me. It's actually one of my biggest issues I have with it, but we can talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> but we have, we've established that Cherno Alpha is our favorite. Mm. My second favorite is, in order for me, it is Cherno Alpha, Crimson Typhoon, Striker Eureka, and then last is G Danger, which we're going to call it G Danger because the word that we are replacing with G is a very uncool word. Yeah. Um, which, it, honestly, that's part of the reason I, you know, I don't like that Jaeger. Like, this movie is not that old. Right. And something that you pointed out to me earlier when we were kind of like discussing a little for a little bit of prep before the episode the reasoning behind the name is that it's named after an engine. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they call the code names for the pilots of G danger are Roma one and Roma two, which immediately removes that as a, uh, like a reason because like when that original, when that first screenwrite came out, everyone was just kind of like, Oh yeah, no, it's not subtle. Right. Yeah, it's 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 not, and that that like it sucks because that word's used against Roma people as a derogatory term, mm-hmm. and it's it's a slur. So like, we're not going to yeah. use it because the word sucks, and it doesn't mean what people try and use it as. It that's that is the what the idea that people have of it now is a watered down version of the horrible and hurtful stereotypes that have been attached to that word because it was used against the Romani people. Still attached, actually. Yeah, still. Uh, There's a lot of issues with that over in Europe. Which sucks. Yeah. But yeah, so if you hear, we'll say G Danger, we might switch it up with Lady Danger a little bit too because that is one of the names that they use towards the Jaeger Mm. in the movie. But just so there's no confusion, that's that's our reasoning why. And we're we're yeah, that's 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 just it for us. We don't want to use the word, so we're not going to. But yeah, so what are your what are some thoughts from you about kind of how it goes down in that fight? It just I don't know. It very much <laughs> very much main character syndrome, obviously, you know. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> these very well established Jaeger pilots and Jaeger teams who've been fighting off these kaiju for years mm-hmm. on their own or, you know, sometimes team up, but still just phenomenal work. But, oh, no, they can't take on this one. And yes, I get it. I know he was it was like a category four, which at the time was the biggest. Well, you know, it's category five in the second one. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I but, have not I haven't seen. It didn't look good <laughs> uh, so uh, like i want to go into it just because there's things about it that's fine um, we can kind of we can we can slosh between the two i will say if you if you did enjoy the first one the second one can also be enjoyable okay uh it's got a little bit of difference to it one of the but that's a whole thing it's i will say it does do some very interesting things okay. that, you, that you didn't see coming initially. I've seen some clips. I've seen there's like a Jaeger on Jaeger fight, which is an interesting mm-hmm. concept. And it looked like it was pretty cool. Is is Pacific Rim Black the Netflix anime out yet? Yes. Yes. The first season is out. It has been officially renewed for a second season, which uh, from what I can tell is supposed to come out in March. Is it good? Uh, honestly, yes. <laughs> it's <laughs> okay. The, the hesitation. It's... I was like, uh oh. There, there's less about the straight on Jaeger versus Kaiju fighting, and more about you know. Uh, Does it have Godzilla syndrome? How so? Where 
I'll use like the 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 first of the newest set the the um Lionsgate no Warner Brothers duh so the, the new Warner series, Brothers but not the one that, yeah the, <laughs> not mm, the one that had Broderick <laughs> yeah exactly no 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 mm, ugh blech, yuck no uh uh Godzilla Syndrome as in like uh most of the first of the newest set of Godzilla movies there's like it's only humans. And that's kind of the thing that they do with Godzilla movies too often is it's focused too much on the military and the people's struggles. I'm like, I just want to watch big monster fight, big monster, big monkey fight, big lizard. So, yeah, kind of, sort of. It does introduce small kaiju. Oh. uh, But it also goes into uh, details about how uh, Australia was just abandoned. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's it's cool. Like, it, it's... The premise and the setting are interesting. They're cool. Mm. It's a little hokey, which in its own way can be fun. Because it's like, the whole thing is the kaiju are actually, like, basically bio-Jaegers. Because these, this alien race is bioengineering these... Uh, the kaiju are actually weapons. So it's yes, like... the instead of it, Yeah. Who also apparently annihilated the dinosaurs but the world wasn't ready at the time okay that's revealed in the first movie so i I'm, I'm oh that, that must have been i think that was it, it's been a tiny bit since i've seen the movie but there are some things where i was just like uh-huh uh-huh spam the b button spam the b button <laughs> skip the dialogue skip it <laughs> Mentally, like I still watch the movie, but like you know, sometimes you're you're in a like in a game playing a tutorial, you're just like b b b b b b, and then you <laughs> skip the care. important part and go, dang it, yeah, know what's <laughs> happening? Why am I lost? Where am I supposed to go? <laughs> Where's my first quest? But yeah, um, so I honestly, if I had to rank them, I do enjoy the movies more mm-hmm. than the series. Okay, just because you know, when I go into the movies, it's yay fight <laughs> right yeah which don't get me wrong they do have those in the series but it's less of the focus okay well yeah i i can't say i'm surprised by that because when you take something that's just boom boom action in like an hour and a half and stretch it into an entire tv se- season mm-hmm. you're gonna get a lot less of it yeah because if it was nothing but it would eventually get boring to some people, not to yeah, me. That's I would watch the shit out no, of it if I it mean, was nothing but nonstop <laughs> Jaeger fights. I'm exactly the same way. I mean, like it, like if you put something zombie in front of me, it's great. I will watch it forever. But I hate The Walking Dead. Oh yeah, it's too much walking. <laughs> not enough well, dead it's because it's like initially, yes, it started out great zombie series, and then the zombies just kind of became background scenery, right? To everything else that was happening, it's like I don't. I don't care about this. I just want zombies. (laughs) They became more of like a looming threat than an active threat. I can't watch the series because I have issues with gore and stuff like that. Uh, So I can't do zombie stuff anymore. I have to be very picky choosy with my horror, which is one reason why I lean a lot more towards like cosmic horror or like movies that Mm. are scary because of the environment or the monster design and not like shock factor because of yucky gore. Yeah. But we've we've moved away from Pacific Rim a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it happens anytime I talk on a topic. Yeah, no, it, that's that's just this whole podcast is just us going mm. on little tangents, but that's fine. But yes, uh, so anyways, uh, about the Jaegers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes, well, I did say I like Chernobyl Alpha best because, you know, just the basic outlook of it and everything. Uh, second would have to be Crimson Typhoon, oddly enough, because of the third <laughs> Yeah, so... So by there, there, there's there's the marks, you know, there's Mark one through five. Cherno Alpha was a Mark one. Mm. G Danger was a Mark three. Crimson Typhoon was a custom Mark four. Yeah. And Striker Eureka was a Mark five. So Striker Eureka was the newest one. It had the most um, sophisticated weaponry and all that kind of stuff. This is why it bothers me so much that G Danger was like it had so much plot armor. That is the only mm-hmm. reason that it survived any of the fights. It had two pilots that didn't properly drift. They had problems. Like, that was one of the things that they focused on was the fact that G-Danger, like, they're, they're the pilots, 
they, they couldn't drift. Mm-hmm. Um, the girl kept having problems. She was getting lost in like the drift with her memories and stuff like that. Yeah. That should have immediately, like that on its own should have been something that ended up getting them killed in combat. Yeah, it should have crippled them. Yes. And then there's the scene with the big gorilla shaped kaiju. It's called Leatherback. So it had that EMP ability. It mm. EMP'd Striker Eureka, and <laughs> then there's like three minutes of, of it just like staring them down because they shot it with a flare in the face. Yeah, like, but that, it's that just kind of like circling them. That whole EMP thing is absolutely stupid. Like, yeah. oh, we fired off an EMP. All of our Jaegers are useless. Well, not G-Danger. It's analog. There's no way a robot that big is analog. No, there's absolutely <laughs> no way. Yeah, and, absolutely not. And in addition to that, it's transported to the fight with helicopters, which would have been deactivated by the EMP. because the It would have crashed down. Well, not even that, because even if they weren't on, the EMP still would have damaged all the circuitry, and it just, it makes no sense. But, yeah. yeah. And, like, also, analog, do they have to shift it into <laughs> gear? <laughs> Listen, it's a manual, okay? You got, yeah. that clutch is a real pain. Oh, what was the name of that Cartoon Network show back in the early 2000s where the guy buys a, like, sports car and it becomes a mech? Oh, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Oh boy, I, it's on the tip. Of my, it's uh, um, Meg XLR. Yes, that is exactly what it is. Megas XLR. Yeah. Damn, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> Lady Dangerous is just. <laughs> but like. <sighs> Here's here's the thing. When Crimson Typhoon is fighting the acid spitting one, which I think was named Otaki? You know, I looked up stuff earlier and I saw its name and I honestly don't remember it at this point. Uh, Let me bring up the wiki for Crimson Typhoon. Scroll down just a little bit. Uh, Otachi. So Otachi's the the acid spitting one and Leatherback is the big gorilla one with the EMP back. Yeah. So... Crimson Typhoon is fi- is engaged in combat with Otachi and is holding on and is actually like winning. And then, oh no, no, Leatherback pops up on Cherno Alpha. But okay, so we'll we'll start we'll start with Crimson Typhoon because the one I was I went, while I was watching the scene, the strike makes no sense for them to have not seen it coming. Mm-hmm. So the tail has that claw on the end and it's got spikes on it, so it's kind of using it like a flail. It strikes them across the chest faced area. And they kind of turn and then it like pulls it back. It would have had to telegraph all the way back to come all the way forwards like that. There is zero percent chance that three pilots, which the system that they use, two of the brothers are actually piloting the Jaeger. And the third one is labeled as a gunner. So he's basically there to like keep an eye out and look all three like to he's the lookout. Mm. How did he not say like guard up? Yeah. They just like, got snagged and then stand there while the cockpit is crushed. It mm. took like there was enough time between them getting grabbed and the cockpit getting crushed for Striker Eureka to hail the uh the general and be like uh we can't just stand here and let them die. We're going in, click. Like <laughs> Which, you're telling me that they that's... don't with their saw blade hands, they're not going to come up on the tail. Yeah, but it's also that's a whole big thing. Like why would you be holding the Jaeger back? Yeah, I want them undamaged so they can carry a bomb that's going to blow them up. Like, like okay, cool. <laughs> then you lose three out of, like, you're going to lose two out of four. What kind of strategy is that? Okay, so I'm just going to go into it. The whole thing that really bugs me about this entire thing. Mm-hmm. The kaiju come through one portal. One singular portal that they know where it is. Right. Like, yes, initially they didn't know where it was coming from. They just kind of popped up. But they found it. They knew where it was. And instead of doing anything in that immediate area to try and defend against it, they just set up all these Jaeger outposts along the coastlines of various countries and then have to transport these giant robots to wherever these kaiju happen to be. Right. Instead of building up some kind of system around that portal where they could base them all there. Yeah, but... Also, like on the, in the same vein, if they know that the attack, if if they know that the portal is in the ocean and that all of the kaiju when they come in are going to come through the ocean, mm. why would you have any coastal cities left? Right. 
Why would people keep rebuilding there? Yes, I know people like certain things, but I mean, realistically, come on. Yeah. Why oh, would and it was, be... it was, it's Hong Kong where they get attacked, by the way, not Tokyo. Right. But still, it's just, especially the amount of, like in the movie, they're building that giant wall, like the coastal wall in all these areas. Mm-hmm. The amount of resources and money poured into that. Why don't you just build that out in the water? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it, like come on. There's so much stuff in there that doesn't make any sense to me, I guess in a real world way or I guess I shouldn't say that, in in a strategic way. Mm. Because obviously fighting them in the ocean is bad because the part, half of the problem for Crimson Typhoon and the reason that they died was because they couldn't see that there was a second Jaeger coming, or Jaeger, a second <laughs> Kaiju coming up on them. Leatherback exploded out of the ocean where you like you you didn't see a lick of it until it explodes out of the ocean on Cherno Alpha and crushes them. And Crimson Typhoon, the first strike on them is because Otachi was able to swim almost undetectably in the water. Like they get a, a little bit of a, a catch of it, like they, they catch a, a glance at its glowing back and then it strikes them. Like, mm. why would you want to fight where they so obviously have this like stealth factor? If you brought the coastal cities away and left them as open battlegrounds for the Jaegers to fight off the kaiju, they like it would completely eradicate the like stealth factor of I'm underwater. Yeah, now they have to get on land, but now there's a whole lot less collateral damage to have to worry about. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it's, it's just ugh. Yeah. Oh, Guillermo del Toro, why? <laughs> it's such a cool movie why is it always why why did you choose the usa one like you're just like they they win why because they're usa they have that that get up and go attitude the pilots can't work together and it's a less fancy jaeger than striker eureka and crimson typhoon mm. but i mean it's but analog listen. It's, yeah, <laughs> somehow <laughs> this gigantic robot is analog. <laughs> it's not digital. No, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's run by especially like, like looking at the stuff in their cockpit. You can't yeah, do that and then be like, oh, no, that's all analog. <laughs> it's, a, it's an analog brain connecting system. It uses wire. Uh, They're jacked in like the Matrix. Yeah, I'm looking... I'm looking at Lady Danger's wiki page. Mm. So Lady Danger has a plasma cannon and a chain sword. Those are the two. And its power move is palm grip, backlash, and elbow rocket. So like it can punch really fast. Mm. So that's that's what it's got going on. It also says Kaiju killed. So it killed nine Kaiju in its entire career. It's got like video game stats. Hold up. Speed 7, Strength 8, Armor 6. So let's look at Crimson Typhoon. So it's Mark 4, Speed 9, Strength 8, Armor 6. Why did it die so fast? It's got such stats. Cherno Alpha, Speed 3, Strength 10, Armor 10. Yeah, and I mean, well... Okay, I'll give it... I'll give them that Otachi had that special, like, armor-melting acid. Sure. Like, Which, there's no way in hell that Cherno Alpha's going to get away you, from that. You mean that armor-melting acid that didn't affect danger at all? Like, it literally spit the acid oh, and right. it reached into its mouth and ripped its tongue out. No damage. Oh, right. And it's got <laughs> six... <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No, it really don't. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so crimson typhoon they had one okay i don't know how i don't know how good this information is because it says weapons it's got a ib22 plasma caster which it does it has it has the three arms two of which attach at the wrist becoming one big beefy arm so it's got a cannon arm and it's got a double arm that are hooked at the wrist and that becomes one hand is usually like it's standard but you don't get to see that used because crimson typhoon almost immediately 
kicks into thundercloud formation which is a power move and you never get to see its jet kick that's listed hmm man they, they have all this stuff that you never get to see yeah, and again, they had a gunner. How were? How is it that they didn't see a giant? And in the description of like the Hong Kong incident, it says that they didn't notice the pincer at the end of uh, uh of the of Otachi's claws. As Crimson comes back to attack Otachi again, its pilots unaware of the pincer at the end of Otachi's tail, like. The strike, it, it swipes across, and then it would have to go all the way around and straight back because that's how momentum works. And even so, even if it stopped and then pulled back, the gunner would see the tail comes back because the way that it comes down, it's perfectly straight. It's not like it was a, a scorpion strike. It comes all the way up and then all the way down, and then, like, crane grabs it like it's going for a fucking teddy bear. <laughs> And you're telling me that three dudes who have been trained and uh, killed seven kaiju and s- on their own protected China were like, oh, we got smacked to the left a little bit. All three of us stopped paying attention and then we got crushed yeah. and we didn't try and do a damn thing about the fact that this kaiju has a hold of our head where we all are. Mm-hmm. Also, real, real dumb design. But anywho. Yeah, that's 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 one thing that I like about. I think it's. I don't think it's like this in all Gundam. I think that some Gundams, though, and I mean Gurren Logan, it's like this. The pilots in the chest, like that's an intelligent place to put a pilot if it's a big fighting robot, is in the chest where they can't just go. Oh, you're dead now. Mm-hmm. Like I crushed the tiny skull of this robot. Yeah, and it put- also looks like the head is a cannon. It's shaped like a cannon. <laughs> like the thing that gets me is why? Why put it in the head? Like there's no reason for it. Put the pilot in as much of an encased thing as possible. Yeah, and then sensors. Like they're already looking through sensor screens. It's not like they've got a manual viewport. Yeah, they're not looking out a windshield. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there's no point for them to be in the tiny and it's like a very thin and agile head on this thing. Putting them in the torso I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. I did like the sick ass move though, where they grab, where they're like they they have their hands grabbed with uh, Otachi's hands, and they uh, uh, Otachi lifts them up, and they twist their legs around, and then swing their legs back down and hook it. Mm. Like that was a sick move. Yeah. More of that. They're like trained in martial arts. Their whole thing was that they have this like super special triplet. Yeah, like, they're like fighting perfect, style. They're perfect pilots because they are triplets. They're, you know, super compatible and everything. But here they are with this, you know, triple armed robot that just beep boop dead. But up oh, here comes danger with these two not compatible pilots. Oh no! Yeah, one of them's having like PTSD flashbacks every 30 minutes Mm -hmm. and the other one is like injured and also has PTSD because he watched his brother die. But you know, he's the only person in history besides the general to ever solo pilot a Jaeger, which anywho. (laughs) Yeah, I know. These people have been training for years. They've been active for years, but this guy went away and worked construction for a bit, came back and Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. And if any of the Jaeger pilot combos, like Striker Eureka, I feel like would have been the one to act exactly how they did. I, f- I feel like that was pretty in character for especially how hot headed the son was mm-hmm. the whole movie, except for like right at the end when he, he got the magic like taste of um a conscience, I guess. Yeah, he was he became humbled by the actions that 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 whole spiel. But the the quickness at which Leatherback attacked Cherno Alpha when they lost the upper hand does not match the way that it treated Striker Eureka. It knocked them completely out with an EMP while they while they had their back to him trying to do a charge up attack. Who does that? Honestly. <laughs> What what season they I'm looking at the thing. It says that they killed 11 Jaegers or 11 Jaegers, 11 (laughs) Kaiju. 
killing 11 Jaegers is a completely, that's a, that's a different statistic altogether. <laughs> but speed 10, strength 10, armor 9. So it has like the best stats out of all, all four of them. Mm-hmm. But their entire thing, they, they're fighting, they're one-on-one fighting with Otachi. Cherno dies. I don't know if they don't notice because they don't turn or react in any way. And then they're like, hit him with the missiles. Ah! And then their <laughs> chest opens up and starts like lining up the cannons. And then it shows the view of Leatherback. And they're just like full on back to the big guy. And then it EMPs them instead of diving on them like it did to Cherno Alpha. Mm. Then it knocks all their shit out and circles them until they climb out and shoot it in the face with a flare. Yeah, it's just... (laughs) Yeah, and like even if the move was, let me hit these guys with an EMP, the way that it acted at the beginning of its appearance in the fight, it it should have instantly turned on them and, like monkey punched them to death Mm -hmm. it's just like when they dropped lady danger down they should have just shown leatherback like in the water punching down like donkey kong going (laughs) 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 the the crushed head of striker eureka should have fallen out of its mouth as it just like turned to him like All right, we need to remake Pacific Room with you at the helm, just because I want to see this now. <laughs> Big monkey. <laughs> because like the all the, the the fight scenes in Godzilla versus uh, Kong and like Kong Skull Island, those are really well done, and it like even though they're big monsters, you can tell there's some level of strategy to their fights, like. It makes so much more sense than, like, like we said earlier, the way that the Jaegers fight is like, I'm a, I'm a, we put four lone wolves into a cage with two monsters. <laughs> They're gonna do this old school martial arts style where one on one fights and everyone else watches. Yeah, you just everyone else just kind of stands there, shifting back and forth menacingly. Yeah. Like uh, Crimson Typhoon, when when they throw Otachi and it smashes into the water, I understand giving Cherno Alpha the moment to come charging in because, boy howdy, did they have an opening to come in like a freight train. But as soon as they had them in the headlock, it shows in the background and Crimson Typhoon is kind of just like ducked down low and like stalk walking towards them, just kind of like, I'm going to get you. Like, they're in a, a Wild West shootout. They're, like, kind of, like, chink, 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 walking <laughs> towards them. It looked like they're smacking their saw blade hands together. Like, oh, yeah, motherfucker, here we go. This is <laughs> this is the end of you. Instead of, it's got it in a headlock. Let me run in and, like, right? blast it with my blades. Like, there's no, why? Why are you doing this for this, like, honorable one-on-one fight? Knock that off. This is for, you know, the survival of the species. Yeah, Turno Alpha, hold him down while you twist his nipples off and then snap <laughs> his neck. <laughs> right, like, and also, I don't know. It's just, it, it's absurd to me. Yeah, it's, I don't know how. I don't know just... how fast it's supposed to go. If maybe there's a little bit of like a time distortion due to the fact that they're shifting scenes so often. I don't know how fast that fight with the kaiju really was. But it seems like Otachi and Cherno are like duking it out and Otachi catches them across the chest with a mace blast and knocks them kind of to the side, giving Otachi the ability to turn and focus fully on Crimson Typhoon because they like trade blows a couple of times before the tail comes back, uh, like goes back and then comes down on their heads where's Cherno? Was it really that hard for them to like regain footing and stand up that they couldn't mm-hmm. have like, I don't know, caught the tail. Right. This or- fight should have been a lot more monster hunter than, <laughs> than it was <laughs> like, I just want to see 
the like Cherno Alpha uh, coming in <laughs> with the the giant bone hammer swinging at like a madman, <laughs> like Crimson Typhoon's like I got his attention. Crimson uh, Cherno Alpha just comes in like Hadouken. <laughs> it should have just been like two two Jaegers kicking the water, and then they turn like Come on, man, use some strategy, some teamwork, right. something. Just. No, you you wait. I'm gonna punch him first. Yeah, and and there's it's like they watch, all, both of them, Cherno Cherno Alpha and Eureka uh, Striker Eureka watch Crimson Typhoon die. Mm-hmm. Like they watch the head get grabbed, and then gets crushed, and like as it's being crushed, it shows Striker Eureka, and they're like, "Well, we can't just stand here and let him die," <laughs> which is exactly what you're doing, but okay. Yeah, and then it shifts back to Crimson uh, Crimson Typhoon, and then it just goes. It's like, oh, cool! You just said you couldn't stand there and let him die. You watched one of your four pilot groups die. Three three dudes dead. Just boom, pow, mm. done. And all Cherno Alpha has to say is, "Crimson is gone. Let's get him!" And then Striker Eureka still not doing anything. No, because we can't just stand there and watch him die. Yeah, the general... It's because the general told us not to. What kind of strategy? He's a military general, and he's like, I have four assets. Two are getting their asses kicked. So we're gonna wait. Like, at the very least, you'd think that you would have, like, the general calling out formations or, like, strategy in any way instead of he's just, like, standing there listening. Mm. And then when they're, like, when one of them dies, he just kind of goes, like, (laughs) Like, no shit, dude. He's very upset, okay? Yeah, you've got, like... Four groups that are all acting like they're brand new. It's their first day. You toss them into a big robot. And so they're going to like, I'm the main character. Mm. Everyone else, take a seat. Like, I, I, I just don't get, like, it's it's two kaiju. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, all of these Jaegers, all of which have multiple kaiju kills, just yeah. can't handle it. And let's see, between all four of them, 11... Seven, so eighteen, uh, nine, so twenty-seven. The, yeah, and from what I see, the the lowest solo kills is Cherno Alpha with four. Uh, we're looking at, but that's mine says six. Well, that's so it's but this is solo six. kills. Oh, yeah, but that means so, yeah, four kaiju handled on their own. Yeah. With an outdated, and I get, I get that some of the argument that could be in place is it's a super outdated piece of equipment, and I get it. Like it's got a a nuclear reactor. That's that's one of the things that makes it so cool to me, though, is that it looks like a nuclear power plant, and it's mm. got a nuclear reactor in it. Well, that's the whole thing. G Danger's nuclear too. G Danger's nuclear and analog, because for some reason those two are connected, even though they're not. But <laughs> Yeah, they use typewriters. <laughs> it's all typewriter. <laughs> oh, I do like. I I enjoy the fight choreography. Like, despite my issues with the scene, mm-hmm. it's a very cool scene. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, I I, I want to stress that to people. Yes, we are tearing this movie apart, but I do this with every movie i enjoy yeah i point out the flaws and the lack of critical thinking and honestly i am a nightmare to watch movies with at times sometimes i'll just go off (laughs) mind you never in a theater i only do that at home (laughs) right (laughs) i don't i don't even yeah i don't even really like movie theaters but that's that's a i'm an introvert and there's people Oh, I get it. I mean, hell, the last time I went to the movies, someone rented the entire theater to watch Jurassic Park, but that's a whole different point. <laughs> oh, yeah. I missed I missed out on that partially because we live in different states, mm-hmm. but I, I, I remember our mutual friend posting about that, and I was like, oh, that sounds cool. It was. Too bad you guys are really far away. Yeah, that's the only downside. Yeah. So I'm looking at Cherno's 
wiki mm. and i don't know 100 percent where some of the information is coming from on like abilities and stuff but we'll, we'll let's let's consider this to be all correct information so it says that there are two weapons that we don't even see them use there is the z14 tesla fists and an incinerator turbines mm. then their power moves are sluggernaut which i am assuming is the badass power fist punch and head shock so there are we they use one of four things mm. now once. all that information does come from uh, pacific rim man machines and monsters Okay. Which that just goes into a lot of the backstory about all the different Jaegers and the Kaiju and whatnot. Okay. So that makes it canon then. Yes. Yeah. So they have four things. They have two weapons that they use. Maybe the Tesla fists are the, well, no, because Tesla fists, that sounds like, like it that has definitely has something to do with fists. electricity. Yeah. Yeah. So the only thing they use is their hydraulic punch. Like, and <laughs> we're going to use the weakest of our, of our weapons. Yeah, we're going to all f- all four of them use a power move like basically as their opener mm. and then nothing else. Yeah. And what 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 bothers me too with the uh, when when Striker Eureka is like charging at Cherno Alpha to give them backup because one they're incredibly far away from the fight. Mm. And two um I don't, I don't, I lost my train of thought with that, with, with what two was supposed the to be. The lack but, of usage of ranged weapons. Yeah, like, they had the missiles. They, Why'd they run? They have, Why they have they ranged weapons. Why did they fire the missiles? Now I'm going to go up and punch it. Oh my God. That's the thing, like, Cherno Alpha is the only one with melee only weaponry besides maybe the, like a close range from the turbines. Yeah. Every single other one has a cannon arm. Why was the strategy only let's punch it? We're going to like put your fucking dukes up, Kaiju. Let's do this shit. Why was it never? Well, we're going to send in like D&D style. Cherno Alpha is the tank. They're going to run in. They're going to get up close. And then G Danger, Crimson Typhoon. Well, G Danger wasn't there at the beginning. So Crimson Typhoon and Striker Eureka cover it with uh, fire from their cannons. (laughs) Honestly, I'm not going to lie. This all makes sense now. Like this entire fight, I was just like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And then the amount of tabletop games and even LARP fights where the tank runs up and is just getting obliterated while the rest of us watch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to say, never mind. It makes sense now. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, You put it in that light and it's just like, oh, light bulb. Way more believable. G Danger has a power move called Six Shooter. Apparently, they have a rifle, uh, a revolver. Man, that would have been cool to see. <sighs> because they're they're USA. I think that might. I think that's what they do when they put all those plasma blasts into the chest of Leatherback after it's destroyed oh. an entire shipping dock. Okay. Yeah, it is because they like blast, 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 blast into the chest, and then don't they like eject a clip or something? That sounds right. Not gonna lie, I was watching it, you know, as like background noise while I was working, so I wasn't entirely focused on. Right, yeah, but they all. Oh no, that was Striker Eureka. Striker Eureka's the one with the six shooter power move. Their power move is a ranged attack. <laughs> <laughs> and instead, they're just like, "We're gonna sprint at it." Your fucking face armor is melted off. And you're, like, literally holding this thing back while it chews on your arm, but let's run at it. We'll get there faster than anything we could shoot at it. Mm. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Their weapons are Assault Mount 325 Sting Blades and and, and a WMB-2X90 AKM Chest Launcher, which I would assume is... Oh, the six shooters there fucking is the name of their chest missiles. But still, fire the chest missiles. Which, yeah, the AKM chest launcher. I click on it because the link. Uh, That's anti-kaiju missiles. Missiles specifically designed (laughs) to fight these things. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It does if you look at it, they all rolled ones. (laughs) 
This is one of those fight. Oh no, I've been in too many of these situations yeah. as a GM yeah. and as a player. Where it's like four of you, and there's like one goblin, and you're like, we're gonna kill this guy so fucking hard. <laughs> one, one, six, eighteen. Well, somebody's doing damage. What are the- <laughs> these other two are like knocked unconscious and bleeding out on the ground because they ran into each other. Or, you know, like fights at LARP where I go down, and then the healer picks me up, and I go, oh, wait, all of these defenses I didn't use. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's so goofy. But the point is, these people aren't supposed to be making these mistakes because they're trained military peoples. Yeah, they're professionals. <laughs> we're not professionals when we're LARPing and no. playing d d We're dumbasses. <laughs> Very much so, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Ugh. I like the flying one. The flying kaiju was cool. <laughs> and the best characters in the movie. The Jaegers, all super cool. Best two characters, though, were Ron Perlman's character and the guy, <laughs> yes. I think his name was Newt. Like, those are the best characters. Uh, yeah, so Newt and I can't remember the other scientist's name. They do both appear in the second one as well. Okay. I saw a clip of that. I love his kaiju tattoos. They're so cool. Now, Ron Perlman's character does not make an appearance in the second one. I'm not surprised. Well, I mean, he wasn't dead. <gasps> right. Yeah. He got, he's, it's like an after credit exactly. scene. You think he's That's dead, but right. then, oh no, where's my shoe? <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I love that character. That's such a good character. It's so fitting for him because it's, it. I think this movie came out, when did, when did Pacific Rim come out? Uh, 2013. Was it that recently? I think so. I think I think it was 2013 because I commented to myself. Oh, wow, yeah. 2013. Uh, yeah, 2013 because the first kaiju attack in the movie was in 2015 and I like mentally commented to commented to myself about that. So when did 2004? 2004 is when the first Hellboy movie came out, which was the one that was starring Ron Perlson as Ron what now? Ron Perlson. Ron Perlman. <laughs> uh yeah. Ron Ron Huda Huda what Holiday Hobby what Yeah, Ron Perlman. I, I I started to go into Rob Paulson, which is a voice actor that mm. I adore. No, so Ron Perlman Hellboy. He was basically just playing Hellboy when he was playing his character in Pacific Rim. Like bright red outfit, same <laughs> energy. It was it was Hellboy energy th- fucking through and through I mean, with a little bit of like Clint Eastwood in it. Not too much Hellboy energy because if it was true Hellboy energy, he'd have been out there fighting. It's true, <laughs> but I mean like the at the attitude. Yeah, no, I, I I get it. Yeah. Now supposedly one of my favorite things about Ron Perlman is how some of his roles are picked. And how's that? Supposedly there are certain like there's certain times when he can't decide what to go for. He will. He'll talk to his kids about it and see which ones they like best. Oh, <laughs> that's really cool. I like that a lot. Now, I actually just saw I can't, a little bit ago he's going to be in something new. Yeah, I can't verify if that's 100% accurate. It could very much be one of those urban legend things that just gets passed around. But mm, Yeah. Now, he was in Mon- the new Monster Hunter movie, right? He was the general. Admiral. Yes. Admiral. I love how you haven't played any Monster Hunter games, have you? No. So I highly recommend them. Completely separate thing. So his character name in the movie is Admiral. His character does not have a name, which is something that carries over from the Monster Hunter video games because most of those characters are also just named their job. It's like Field Commander or Hunter Trainer or Admiral, General. Um, then there's like biologists, like they, most of the people don't have names, especially in Monster Hunter World, which is what they were basing Monster Hunter off of. Gotcha. Uh, and the actor character, the actor Tony Jaw, he played a character called the Hunter, and he's the one carrying the huge bone greatsword, and he's like point for point copied from a character in Monster Hunter World, who, who it's like literally the same guy. What's great 
is in Monster Hunter World, the English voices, the hunter, or it, it's his name's not Hunter, the hunter in that one. He's like um, Field Trainer, but Field Trainer's voice actor is Matt Mercer. Okay. Yeah, so, but in Monster Hunter World's Field Trainer English voice actor is Matt Mercer. So it's like he's in the movie playing the character, and I'm like, if you say a damn word and it's not Matt Mercer's voice, I'm going to be very disappointed. So I pulled up Ron Perlman's IMDb, and I've just been sitting here trying not to die because uh, I see something that is listed as currently filming, and it was a big part of my childhood. <gasps> I think I think that's what I just saw. So do you remember what I just Beast saw. Wars? Yes, I yeah. do. Uh, so apparently, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts, which is based off of the spinoff Transformers: you know, Beast Wars, uh, that is currently filming, supposedly releasing next summer, and Ron Perlman is voicing Optimus Primal. Ooh. <laughs> I know, right? That's awesome. I know, I'm excited. I ju- I I'm just gonna have to saw... see another Transformers movie. <laughs> Yeah, is it still Michael Bay? Uh, no. It oh, has actually really? been so long. I, can, I actually can't tell you which Transformers movie was the last one I saw. Uh, no, the director for this one is Stephen Capel. Yep, 2022, Rise of the Beast. Nightmare Alley. That's the one that I just saw a trailer for on YouTube a little bit ago. Uh my my six year old and I were laying around and it's, it popped up and I'm like watching it, I'm like I want to watch this trailer. It looks like it might get a little bit scary. I guess we'll see how this goes. And it it was okay, like the the trailer wasn't bad. But Nightmare Alley is a new Ron Perlman movie that's coming out and it looks awesome. It's got Kate Blanchett, Bradley Cooper, Willem Dafoe, uh, Ron Paul, uh, Ron Perlman. So it's got some cool some cool actors in it, actors and actresses. It's an American psychological well, thriller I mean, film by Guillermo del Toro. It ties yeah, into yeah, what we're talking not about. Not only does Ron Perlman, but also del Toro, which they'd love to work together. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I will say it is one of my favorite things when you see a like director actor combo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they always seem to have real good energy when working together, and in my opinion, it comes across. Yeah, yeah. Guillermo del Toro and Ron Perlman, Tim Burton and Helena Bonham Carter. Mm. That extinguishes all the ones I can think of. (laughs) (laughs) I got just the two. I'm sure there are more that I'm aware of, but I can't think of them right now. (laughs) Yeah, Nightmare Alley looks really cool, though. Like, it's a early 1900s... 1946 it's a based on a the 1946 novel of the same name by willem lindsey gresham but it, it seems like it is based in a early 1900s circus and it definitely has a lot of like the shape of water vibe to it gotcha okay no, I don't believe this because it says as it contains uh, uh, the the film marks a departure for Del Toro as it contains no supernatural elements as opposed to his previous films. But they keep talking about in the movie or in the movie in the trailer. It's like, is he a man or is he a beast? So it's like, don't you? I'm getting mixed <laughs> messages here. <laughs> cool. Well, after that comes out, maybe we'll have to both watch it and then we can talk about it. Yeah, I think I can see that in the future. Yeah. You got anything else that we can that you want to say about Pacific Rim, or have, have we kind of said our bits? I, I can go into more of the plot holes. You know, I could talk about how you supposedly had to have a kaiju signature to go through the portal, but when G Danger's escape pods come back through, it's just the escape pods with no kaiju, but the portal magically worked for them, but also somehow kept the nuclear blast out. I mean, I could go on. <laughs> <laughs> The point is, there are some kaiju-sized holes. Fun fact, the start of the movie, when they uh, give the definitions of kaiju and Jaeger, Mm -hmm. they actually, they gave an incorrect definition of kaiju. Oh, did they? What did they say? Uh, So it's listed as giant beast, I believe. Uh, It actually means strange beast. 
Yeah, it's basically anything that's like uh, there's 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 that you know like people have differing opinions on what is and isn't a kaiju. Mm. I'm still of the mentality that Clifford the Big Red Dog is a kaiju. I mean, it's, great that is definitely is a, a strange beast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Great Ape is a kaiju if King Kong is a kaiju. But is King Kong a kaiju? I don't know if I would consider just a giant gorilla strange. You don't think so? We're, well, see, Clifford wasn't just a giant dog. It was a giant red dog. And not that like the true. typical red you see on dogs. Bright red. So that's two odd factors. <laughs> Whereas yeah. King Kong was just really big. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm looking at the definition of kaiju on, on a wiki. So you're right. It's strange beast, and it's a genre of films featuring giant monsters. So there's Dai Kaiju, which is giant kaiju. So those are ones that are specifically like bigger than buildings. So there's mm. kaiju, then there's Dai Kaiju, there's Kaijin, which is strange person. So refers to distorted human beings or human uh, humanoid like creatures. Huh, okay. There's Sajin or s- yeah, I'm gonna say Sajin. Um, star people, which are extraterrestrial aliens, and then Kaiju Iga is a film featuring uh one or more kaiju. So this one, so Pacific Rim would be a Kaiju Iga, if I am pronouncing that correctly and not absolutely <laughs> butchering the Japanese language. Listen, the only one I'm for sure how to say is Kaiju because they say it so many times. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm a huge Kaiju fan, but I will say. Because here's the thing, when we're talking about what is and isn't a kaiju, they consider Ultraman a kaiju. They consider Jet Jaguar mm. a kaiju. Those are robots. Wait, is Ultraman a robot? Uh, I thought, I didn't think I Ultraman was a, a big, robot. I, might, I think I might Ultraman. have made an, ultra, an ass of myself if I am incorrect, but I believe so. Yeah, because Jet Jaguar is designed, uh, so Jet Jaguar became a character for Godzilla. We're eating into some content from another episode, but it's fine. Or for another episode. We just, well, hang on. We'll, I just got to keep this tiny. Is Ultraman a robot? Yes. But uh, Jet Je- 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 Jaguar became a Godzilla character. There was a, a contest and this little kid won and it looked super Ultraman. And the guy who was like the kaiju designer for the Godzilla movies for Toho specifically was sick and tired of Ultraman clones, so that's why it look Jack Jaguar looks the way that it does because in a way he was kind of making fun of Ultraman. Mm. But both Jet Jaguar and Ultraman have been in Godzilla movies, so there's two almost identical looking robot like uh, monsters. Has your search turned anything up? Listen, it, it it would be way too easy if you know. <laughs> Just literally <laughs> typing in a sentence, is Ultraman a robot? It would give me a straightforward answer. The answer is, I don't know. It won't actually tell me. From what I can tell, though, it's apparently... Because, I mean, yes, I saw a couple bits of Ultraman when I was a lot younger. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I remember any important details about it. But it says that it's like, he and his race fought against monsters such as... It doesn't sound like they're robots. So maybe he's... Ultraman is very far out of my knowledge of Toho, but it sounds like he's an alien. Yeah. So he would be a saging star people. <laughs> Listen, we're, we got to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> it's important. It's very important. Crimson Typhoon had an energy core called the Midnight Orb 9. That's pretty dope. So I think my favorite thing out of the whole uh, Pacific Rim thing was the glorious cameo of uh, Ellen McLean, also known as the voice of Gladys from Portal. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that, one, that was really good. I'm just saying, if I was in a giant robot and it had that voice, I don't know if I would feel safe. Yeah. <laughs> Time boy experiments. Uh, um, uh, uh, eject, eject, eject. <laughs> Please, no. Okay, Next, so I'm going to be hearing Cage Johnson. So I wasn't crazy because like, when I'm listening to it, I'm like, it sounds like Gladys, but it doesn't. Uh, apparently, Del Toro used slightly different vocal effects. 
Mm. So same voice actress, different effects to get similar voice. Gotcha. So it, it's it, he wanted it close enough that you would notice, but not close enough. But not a literal copy. Right. So I'm looking at trivia for Crimson Typhoon. It says that Crimson Typhoon's eye, quote unquote, is modeled after the HAL 9000 from 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's very cool. And its original name was Echo Beijing. I don't know if I like... what. What's cooler, Crimson Typhoon or Echo Beijing? They're both pretty cool. Right. And originally it was going to be four arms and piloted by female quadruplets. Why did they change that? That's a valid question. Why would they change it? Oh, the casting crew was unable to locate quadruplets. So it was an actual real-life problem. Listen... If we can do, like, the parent trap with one person. <laughs> yeah! We can make... You just gotta film this thing. Oh, that just reminds me of freaking Tim Burton's Willy Wonka. With, uh, what is his name? What is it? Deep Roy? He played all of the Oompa Loompas. You just filmed the same scene, like, 30 times. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I would have loved to see an all-female pilot, because it was mostly dudes. Yeah, especially because, you know, given how little screen time those triplets actually had. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it honestly wouldn't done. have mattered. No. It was it was three dudes, two dudes, dude and lady, dude and lady. Yeah. It's like, so there were two women. And, One of them died really fast. Well, yeah, and dude and lady was initially dude and dude. Yeah, at least at least the lady in uh, G-Danger and being kind of one of the main characters, at least, at least it wasn't a a a, a white lady. <laughs> we got a little bit of of some representation in there. If we only have one main woman, at least, at least we're uh, <laughs> branching out a little bit. Yeah. So apparently, the writing in Chinese on Crimson Typhoon. It says, uh, are read in the traditional Chinese fashion from right to left, and it translates to red crimson wind violence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds, yeah. Okay. I fucking love it. <laughs> why, why crimson typhoon? Why not red wind violence? That's so much better. But it's red crimson wind violence. <laughs> That's good. That's good shit. Oh, interesting thing I just uh, read. Hmm. So remember the scene that I discussed briefly before we started recording about the Newton's cradle and how it's very inaccurate, but that's irrelevant. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that scene, the office with all the cubicles, was a actual practical effect. It was a miniature set. Wow. Are you, really? Yeah. The fist was digital, but the set itself was actually a built miniature. That's that's so cool. I love when movies use practical effects. I love practical effects so much. So Cherno Alpha is a reference to the Slavic demon dog Chernobog. That makes sense. Yeah. Damn, that scene is so cool when they charge in. I love, I, I, I have so much love for the foghorn. <laughs> it's just like, it's the, the kaiju splashes into the water and the camera starts to pan as there's like, <laughs> in comes Cherno Alpha. <laughs> Russian music playing and it just drop this <laughs> and I don't know what the lady was saying as they're like clobbering the shit out of that kaiju I, ha I have a feeling it was like left hook right hook because <laughs> when it shows in the cockpit she's just like very calmly calling words out and I almost guarantee that she's like left hook right hook overhead fist drop <laughs> oh my gosh okay uh, according to Guillermo del Toro, T-90 Jaegers don't exist but wanted to give Cherno Alpha the sense that it it, uh, it evolved from the Russians, quote-unquote, wanting a tank. Don't we fucking all, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and needing to power it with a nuclear plant out of universe, the T-90 is a third-generation Russian main battle tank. Nice. God, that's so good. And I love the idea of the, uh, the Russians are like, we got to build a big robot. What if it was, like, kind of a tank, though? <laughs> that would explain the power and armor, but it's very slow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, probably good for this one. We, we we got very passionate for a little bit, and I, I, have, I, I can feel myself. I've <laughs> run all the way out of steam. So what should we talk about next week? What are you feeling? 
Oh, I haven't even thought that far ahead. I mean, neither have I. So it'll be a surprise <laughs> for everyone. I was, we can't give you a teaser because uh, we haven't even given each other one. So <laughs> we can't tell you what it's going to be because we don't even know. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> next time we'll all be for a little bit of a surprise, I bet. So this one goes up next week. Today's the 16th, so it'll go up the 23rd. So the next one's either going to be the end of September or the beginning of October. So maybe we'll do something a little bit spooky. Spooky. But just to give everybody a little bit of a heads up, so you can get kind of excited about it, because I certainly am, for whatever upload week is the closest to halloween we are going to do a goosebumps choose your own adventure where i'm going to basically dm the choose your own adventure and nick's gonna run my gauntlet of spooks and horrors i will die multiple times (laughs) yeah uh we'll keep track We'll keep a tally and and we'll we'll see how good like by the end of it we'll we'll have a little tally up. We can figure out how many times we died before we make it. Oh, uh, but that'll be cool. I'm super excited about that one. I might go get a little extra with the editing and put in some uh, some extra sounds and some background music while we do it. Get some spooky noises, Austin. Spooky, spooky. I'd like to thank Nolan Dye for the use of our theme song, Chinaski, by his band Sad Gravity. You can find them, as well as his other band, Best Sleep, on Spotify. Please go check them out. The, all their music is really good. You can follow us on Twitter, at PassionatelyPod, or email us at po- PassionatelyInterestedPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. I hope you've had a really good time. I know that we both really enjoyed talking your ear off about uh, robots and kind of getting into a little bit again we love these mo- this movie it's really good it's a fun time if you haven't seen it I, I suggest it it's just it's just a cool time to watch mm-hmm. some big big robots fight some big monsters just kind of like don't get don't get too far into the story it's it's <laughs> it falls apart pretty quick if you look behind yeah. the curtain it's it's a fun slug fest with some interesting little things in between mm-hmm. but it's go, go check it out I'll probably check out the second one I haven't watched it, but now I kind of want to. It, it but, It's amusing. Yeah. I'm Curtis. I'm Nick. Did you know cotton candy was invented by a dentist? Thanks for listening.